My name is Andy Field. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. I have, I have people actually come come to me later and call me a white supremacist. Oh, we we got threatened by the by the Eugene Antifa to shut us down last term. I feel like people just hit me. Yeah, I feel like I'm the target of a lot of people. I kind of feel insulted in a way that I left I left my culture back home and come here. I don't want to go to another the same thing that's going on in my country. That's that's why I, that's why I piss off. People have called me an a-hole. People have said f you to me. Some people have just shouted ah! at me. Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. My name is Alec Cowan. While the University of Oregon insists that it fights for inclusivity and openness, many conservative and Republican students on campus feel unwelcome, unable to speak, and misunderstood. Right now, the UO College Republicans are trying to reach out to the student body and show themselves as a diverse group made up of students in the LGBTQIA community, students of color, international students, as well as a group that regularly participates in volunteer service in the community. Though harassed, these students are trying to make a name and a new image for themselves and make sure they are represented on a University of Oregon campus. The college Republicans regularly table outside the EMU twice a week, which serves to open themselves and their image to the college campus. As students tabling have found, however, this has opened them to a verbal harassment and an atmosphere that makes college Republicans feel unwelcome, misunderstood. Trump, I feel like um, it's become a stereotype that Trump supporters are white supremacists or racists, that I feel like people just aren't as open-minded to our way of thinking anymore. I would encourage as many people as possible to be open-minded to our way of thinking. It's very, it's very difficult sometimes to get people to open their minds to us. This is Trent Capuro. He's one of the regular students tabling for the organization out in front of the EMU. It's often one of the most visible Trump supporters on campus. Right now, he has on a bright red Make America Great Again hat and a black t-shirt that shows Trump on a hill, a flag in his hand, the explosions and fighter jets sprawling behind him, the wind flowing through his wispy hair. He keeps a running list of the encounters he's had while tabling. Uh, yes, I keep a list of um, the various th- ways that people heckle me. Sometimes they'll uh, give me a middle finger. Sometimes they'll take a picture of me and then give me the middle finger. Sometimes they'll call me things like a fascist, an a-hole. They'll say F you to me. Uh, sometimes they'll just scream ah at me. Sitting at the table, students pass by and casually make remarks. Oftentimes, they'll stop to take a picture before gesturing and walking off. Trent said that these types of reactions are common, but other times people say other things, something worse. And a few times people have told us just out of nowhere without even asking our opinions, they've just told us to drop dead. Equally important to their tabling is the Republicans' one main meeting a week. Before the meeting, as students gradually trickle into their spacious littlest meeting room, they shed their winter jackets so their t-shirts flourish. A rainbow campaign logo stating Make America Great and Gay Again is now free and MAGA hats dot the room. Students point at each other's Trump memorabilia and give compliments, and some talk about how grateful they were to get across campus without being stopped or confronted. 
allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Just like Trent, King Yeo, an international student who immigrated from Vietnam, has found himself frequently at the center of harassing remarks. Just to share my personal story, uh, I, have, I have people actually come come to me later and call me a white supremacist for tabling for college pub. Yes, exactly. I'm a little taken aback. King is definitely not someone that you would peg as a white supremacist. Uh, all, they are Asian white supremacists too. I'm saying, okay. Do you have any proof that I'm white supremacist or just because I'm tabling for the college Republican? King frequently encounters people that insinuate that as a minority, he should be a Democrat. It doesn't sit well with him. That's just weird. You know? <laughs> I, it, they're assuming like because I'm a minority, I have to, I have to think in a certain way, which, which is not. It's, it's, it's probably the most racist thing to assume just because you're a minority, you have to vote for a Democrat. That's probably the most racist thing ever. Trent is Middle Eastern, feels the same way. I'm actually a minority also, I'm Middle Eastern. But so yeah, I do agree with him. People, especially Democrats, they'll say if you're a minority you have to vote for the Democrats because if you vote for the Republicans then you're, quote, a traitor to your race. Totally ridiculous. I mean, just shaming people because they vote differently than you, that's totally ridiculous. Aside from the accusations they face, their ability to speak freely on campus is a real concern. Kang originally immigrated from Vietnam to skip the communist government and the censorship, but is beginning to see some of the same problems here that he encountered across the Pacific. It's, I, I left my country, Vietnam, which was a communist country. We have, we have censoring, censorship, and all of that. And when we come to America, we expect to have a more a freer environment to talk about whatever you want. It's a free country, like you guys always say. And I, I, and I find it appalling when somebody was born in America and, and an American citizen saying we should tell them to shut, to shut them down. That is against the foundation of this country. And, and, I, and I feel insulted in a way that I left, I left my culture back home and come here. And I don't want to go to another the same thing that's going on in my country. That's, that's why I, I piss off. In one particularly climactic moment this year, the Eugene anti-fascist group, Antifa, threatened on Facebook to physically come and shut down the Republicans' meeting. This was after a post was made in the group proposing that Milo Yiannopoulos, the controversial speaker, should come to campus and speak. No formal invitation was actually sent to Yiannopoulos, but posts were made on the group saying, bash the fash, and Eugene Springfield, come shut this down before it starts. Riots at campuses like UC Berkeley over pundits like Yiannopoulos and Ann Coulter have really enlivened the debate on free speech on campus. And on liberal campuses, the particular lack of open dialogue to such guests. Yiannopoulos was never invited, but it still remains the one image for a lot of students of what the college Republicans are. Well, we, we got threatened by the, by the Eugene Antifa to shut us down last term. Do I feel like, my free, like I don't have free speech? No, I feel like I have free speech. This is Justin Myrie, the chairman of the College Republicans. Do I feel like they want to take away mine? Sometimes. Sometimes. According to a study from the UO Office of Institutional Research, 81.3% of conservative students on campus feel valued as an individual. In the same study, however, 
Only 44.5% of polled conservative students feel their political beliefs are respected on campus. That's the lowest percentage in a four-year span. In comparison, 92.8% of liberals polled feel that their beliefs are respected on campus. This can lead to some strange encounters. There are some students who walk by and give a thumbs up or a good job. Often, other conservative students will come up and explain how surprised they are that a chapter of the College Republicans even exists on campus. Living in a state that's voted blue since 1972, the College Republicans are frequently encountering challenges. Trump's rise to take over the Republican Party hasn't totally helped their image. It's led to their stereotypes. To be a Republican today is to constantly be on your toes. But then again, to be a Republican means a lot of different things. Well, I would say that almost all of my uh, all of my political positions align with the Republican Party, but there are a few uh, positions where I do align myself with the Democrats. But I would say that the, one of the main reasons, the main reason why I voted for Donald Trump is for job creation. Whoever, because we're college students, whoever we chose to be the president would be in office when we graduate and we're looking for a job. So I trust his business experience and his knowledge of the private sector to create the largest job market for when I graduate and I'm looking for a job. I do believe in the core principles of the Republican Party, which are lower taxes, smaller government, a strong national defense, things like that. Many of the college Republicans hold diverse viewpoints and struggle with confronting the idea that there's one set list of stereotyped Republican values. Trent believes in marriage equality, doesn't support capital punishment. A lot of issues that Democrats hold dear are the same concerns for Republicans. They disagree on how to fix these things. Many of their weekly meetings are spent in open discussion on how they feel about the week's news, if they agree with Trump's latest actions. And while constellating under the banner of Republican, the diversity of experiences and cultures in the group is crucial. Students come from all types of backgrounds in the group, and that diversity helps provide knowledge and a more diverse future for Republicans. After Antifa threatened to shut down the Republicans' meeting earlier in the year, Justin had this to say to the Emerald. Quote, There's LGBT members, there's people of color, international students. I love that. That's where all the knowledge is. They help us flourish. Without them, we wouldn't be a club. We'd just be a bunch of white people. And that's not the face that I want for the Republican Party in the future. Unquote. In one Lilith classroom, the microcosm of diversity in the Republican Party can be seen. But for many of the Republicans, the discussion centers around one man. So we had, uh, they're coming in now. We, do you want us to wait about an hour or not? Now, let's, well, the hell with them, right? The hell with them. Now, they're coming in as we speak. Donald Trump is many things to the college Republicans. I think he has done a great deal of empowering us, encouraging us. Uh, to not hide our beliefs. You know, before the election, a lot of Republicans think that almost nobody is a Trump voter or that they are alone in this world. But this election showed us that not everyone thinks that way and that there are a lot of Republicans who share the same ideas as you. But we have seen a lot of people coming out to us since the election. A lot of people are joining our organization because they no longer feel afraid to show their beliefs. Before Donald Trump, the college Republicans would pull in around 12 people on a good week. But since the election, the group has 50 registered members, with 20 to 30 people showing up on a weekly basis. Trump has been a good boost for their cause. We have seen a lot of people coming out to us 
since the election, a lot of people are joining our organization because they no longer feel afraid to show their beliefs. Yeah. So Trump has definitely empowered our organization. Yeah, we've gained a lot of momentum thanks to him. But not all of those in the College Republicans supported Trump initially. Justin helped with Marco Rubio's campaign, while others helped Jeb Bush's. But Justin explained that at the end of the day, they all probably voted for him. Although unorthodox and at times disagreeable, Trump still poses an opportunity for Republicans to have their voice heard and their ideas implemented. But regardless of who the Republicans chose, whatever Trump does affects how people view them, leading to the harassment that Trent so diligently catalogs. Kang believes it makes him more aware. He feels like he needs to know his facts and understand his beliefs because he has so often had to fight for them. We try to talk to people about conservative ideas, and they usually dismiss us as uh, heartless or, or don't care about people. And, we, and, and the reason that, one of the things that we, whenever we, I tr- whenever I, at least me, I try to make a statement about something about conservative ideas, I try to remember the facts to back it up. And it actually, it's helped me to think more critically about what I believe in. And like you would say, Let's say, if I say illegal immigration is bad, here, why is bad and what's the number or what is the fact that back it up? I actually have to do the research to say, okay, so here's why I think it's true. It, I think it's, in, it's helping more to be more um, critical of things. With their growing numbers, the college Republicans are trying to find more representation and combat stereotypes. Disenfranchised with the once-late ASU election, there is talk of putting forth a conservatism-oriented slate next year to better represent their organization. The Republicans are trying to prove to both liberal and conservative students that they are here. It's okay to have that diversity of thought. In Oregon, the election of Representative Greg Walden and Secretary of State Dennis Richardson has been a positive reinforcement that Republicans can win a state that has voted blue since 1972. Secretary Richardson's election is especially significant because he's the first Republican in the statewide government since 2002 and the first Republican Secretary of State since 1985. As Secretary of State, he is in charge of redistricting, a system which Oregon Republicans have felt let them down since 2011. This is Alec. Hi, this is Eric Jorgensen. I'm calling from Secretary of State's office. How are you, sir? I'm Another important thing to know is that Secretary Richardson is from small-town Oregon. After law school, he settled in a small town outside Medford called Central Point and began his career as a lawyer. It was here that he really developed his conservatism. Well, I was in law school in Utah, and I realized that there's two times you can move wherever you want. And one is when you're really rich, and the other is when you're really poor. <laughs> and I was coming out of law school with four little kids, and um, <laughs> we didn't have any extra money, but decided we would we'd go where we wanted to live and make a life there rather than chasing a job and making a life maybe that we really don't want to have. And so we decided we we actually just made a list of things that we wanted in a place to live and that you need to be a little rural and where you have plenty of water and can grow things and you know, just a family life and had a whole list of things and decided on the Medford area. And so we just packed up and moved to Medford. I didn't know people. I didn't have a job. I hung out my shingle as a brand new lawyer, and which is not something I recommend, but it worked <laughs> for me. And, uh, and that's how we got started. When Richardson settled on Little Central Point, Oregon, he found a life that was comfortable. He avoided the big city and settled for small-town Oregon, and his life there is an important story for understanding just how being a Republican in Oregon is. And I went home to my wife that night, and I said, 
I said, Kathy, do we want to go to Cleveland? And she looked at me and said, no. And I said, well, we're preparing ourselves with my resume to go with a large firm in a large city. We'll send it out all across the country, and we'll take a job wherever we get a job. And we're sending, you know, it'll be sent to large firms in large cities. And that means that I'll go to work early in the morning. I'll work till late at night. I'll take a subway or a bus home, and then I'll just do it the next day. And anyway, so it got us talking about what we wanted out of life and what kind of lifestyle we wanted. And so I thought by moving to Southern Oregon, I was giving up my chances for you know, doing really well and achieving uh, great things. And but it was okay because I was just going to be uh, just you know just kind of a a small town attorney in a rural area, but we all have a good life. As it turned out, it was the best thing that we ever had done because it turns out Southern Oregon is where other attorneys want to go after they have their whole career. You know, it's something <laughs> they want to move there. And we had our, we raised our family there and, and uh, have lived there ever since 1979. Secretary Richardson's life is emblematic of conservative Oregon's mentality. Outside of the college Republican struggles is an entire state that doesn't fit in with the sprawling cities like Portland or Eugene, 28 out of the 36 counties. These are agricultural, rural communities that helped propel Donald Trump to the White House, something called the Rural Roar, and their struggle is much like the college Republicans. Fight hard to preserve conservatism in the state of Oregon. Work hard, have a quiet family life that's connected to its community. Well, like I think all communities, you, you develop your own personalities and community. There's you know, good families that want to have their kids have a good place to live. I mean, I think that uh, communities all over have that same feeling. And anyway, I thought about it, looked at my family, and realized it wasn't my phase in, in my life. Yeah. Stop earning and and do politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I, I just kept doing what I was doing and serving where I could, and I helped on the, the budget committee for our school district and mm-hmm. and served uh, in my church in a number of capacities and you know, just helped where I could. Secretary Richardson is one such emblem of this survival. He helped coach a small community soccer team, was a leader in his church, and went on to serve on city council. It wasn't until after he met Ronald Reagan, the president at the time, that he became a staunch political force. The rest is history. Once he found his calling, he kept pushing to where he is now, a Republican Secretary of State in Oregon, a place where that idea for many seemed impossible. So while Republicans haven't had a lot to be happy with, things are changing. The election of Donald Trump, Dennis Richardson, they signal that even in a state as blue as Oregon, it's possible for the values of conservative Oregonians to make a difference and enact political change. It's possible for a Republican student to feel like their voice matters, even over the shouts of others. The hope that Republicans can rebrand themselves to show that they're diverse and deserve a seat at the table is possible. I actually want to stay in Oregon and make this state red again, to be honest. You have to have a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, people are going to call me a fool for saying that, but I, hey, Generation Z is, is projected to be the most conservative generation since World War II. So I, I have hope for the future. So. Going back to what you said about turning Oregon red, people, a lot of people would just laugh at us 
when they hear that, you know, Oregon turning red. Yeah, right. But so, I mean, Dennis Richardson is our new Secretary of State. He's a Republican. I mean, him and Greg Walden, they're, how can I say this? They, they're a symbol for Republicans that we can win elections in Oregon. So it really is possible. Dennis Richardson must have said many of the same things when he started running for office 20 years ago, dreaming that he could help a conservative way of life thrive. Now, even in the disconnects, Republicans and Democrats in the state are finding little ways to work together to start a dialogue. After all the harassment, the college Republicans feel that as their state and national government change, they're encouraged to speak out and show that Oregon campus that they are diverse and important part of the student body, that maybe, by working together and valuing each other's views, a very real progress can be made to make America great. I'd like to thank the college Republicans for taking the time to speak with me and let me hang around to see what it's like to be a Republican on campus. Music in this episode is Curious Case by Blue Dot Sessions, The Last Ones by Jahazar, and Chrysalis by Poddington Bear. This podcast was produced by me, Alec Cowan. If you'd like to hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Thanks for listening. Menschen haben einen Bad, das sich auf Kühe übertragen.